Chinese incursion into the LEC in Ladakh has flared up tensions in multiple locations in the disputed Indochina border. Chinese soldiers numbered by some at 5000 reportedly intruded into the Indian territory with heavy equipments and bunker material. They've also pitched tents around the Galvan Valley in East Ladakh, which was previously a point of standoff during the 1962 war with China. The Indian Army in its turn is reportedly matching up to the Chinese build-up with its own deployment and aggressive patrolling and is currently engaged in a standoff at four locations along the LEC. But what could have triggered these sudden tensions? How do we interpret China's move? How is India responding? And how is the government managing the diplomatic channels? For this podcast we spoke to Manoj Kewal Ramani, a fellow of China studies at the Takshila Institution. With regard to the difference in perception of the LSE, the fact is that the LSE has not been demarcated uh, by either side and neither side has really shared where uh, its claim lies, uh, what is the territory that it claims. And Ajay Shukla, a journalist and former officer in the Indian Army. Uh, China itself has created infrastructure ahead of time and it has a huge advantage in infrastructure not just on the Tibet Arunachal border the Tibet Sikkim border but also in Ladakh You're listening to the Big Story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and I'm your host Shalbhuri It began late in April when troops from the People's Liberation Army started intruding 3 to 4 kilometers into the Indian territory past the line of actual control. They've been trespassing in numbers in several locations of Ladakh in fact and disrupting Indian patrolling too. And in the past few weeks they have strengthened with over thousands of troops and also brought in mobile artillery. Even as both the Indian and the Chinese governments have stayed away from addressing the issue officially so far, tensions are escalating at the border there have been a number of seemingly unsuccessful ground level talks and also some skirmishes between the troops since the beginning of may according to reports between the 5th and 6th of may and also the 11th of may chinese and indian soldiers were reportedly engaged in a face off in pangong so that left around 100 soldiers injured Army Chief General M M Naravane also visited the 14 Corps headquarters in Leh on 22nd May and held a meeting with commanders while Defence Minister Rajnath Singh held a meeting with the Chief of Defence Staff Bipin Rawat and also service chiefs over this on 26th May. Now although there's no official acknowledgement of these tensions how do we interpret this sudden incursion is it routine confrontation or is it building up to be something more As we get into that firstly let's talk about the LEC the unresolved border conflict the disputed border of India and China runs 3488 kilometers long the LEC isn't a demarcated border that means that both India and China differ on where to draw the line and in Ladakh out of the 857 square kilometer long border the LEC runs along 489 square kilometers so it's got many points of dispute along that line We got in touch with Manoj Kewal Ramani, a fellow of China studies at the Takshila Institution, to tell us a little more about the politics around the LEC and why the border hasn't been demarcated properly yet. 
with regard to the difference in perception of the LSE, the fact is that the LSE has not been demarcated uh, by either side and neither side has really shared where uh, its claim lies, uh, what is the territory that it claims. At a, sort, at a certain level, we know, right, because the, the Chinese have claimed Aksai chain and they control a section of it, large section of it. Um, India uh, obviously claims all of the uh, states, uh, the sort of former kingdom of Jammu and Kashmir, uh, and obviously Arunachal Pradesh, which we control. And there are certain parts in the middle sector around Uttarakhand, which we can, uh, which we claim, which we control and claim. Um, China obviously claims all of Arunachal Pradesh uh, because it claims it as South Tibet. Yet we don't know exactly where that boundary that China claims lies. Uh, in the 1962 war, it walked back from Arunachal Pradesh, but it maintained. Uh, a significant number of its positions in Aksai Chin uh, in that part of the country. And so um, thereafter, the line of actual control terminology came into place because of what was being actually controlled by either side. But neither side especially said that this is where we believe the line lies. Um, and there have been conversations since the special representative talks were set up. There have been about 22 rounds of conversations between the special representatives. Um, but neither side has publicly sort of stated where it claimed lies. Uh, while saying that, I must add that India has actually said quite publicly that we want this to be clarified. And it's in both our interests for this to be clarified. Um, the Chinese have refrained from doing so. And that's where you end up getting this misperception on both sides. Um, the Chinese have refrained from doing so because partly there is a tactical sort of pressure point that you can keep playing up. There is a strategic uh, ambiguity that you maintain, which makes sure that India remains anxious and focused on its land boundaries, uh, as opposed to, say, focusing on maritime force development. Um, and there is also a political significance to this, right? You can always uh, ramp up pressure and send a political message by ramping up pressure on the border. And that's what the Chinese end up doing with us often. Um, the last sort of reason why the Chinese are wary of sharing these details, and this sort of bore out in the negotiations over the years, is that uh, they are they are concerned that uh, if you share a perception of where your claim lies or where the line actually lies, then you end up running the risk of actually making that a de facto border, um, and that sort of becomes the basis for a settlement, which um, they would be very wary of because their claims are linked again to not just territory but also identity. For example, the South Tibet Arunachal Pradesh claim that they have. And these differing perceptions have led to Chinese intrusions before too. In 2013, Chinese troops bunked at Dolat Begoldi or DBO, which is at the base of the Karakoram Pass, and they cut off Indian Army's access to the Raki Nala Valley where the IF had a small airstrip. And this happened as India started developing infrastructure in these remote areas. And then a year later at Chumur, which is also one of the disputed points of LAC, Chinese soldiers pitched tents that led to a standoff. But is the current incursion similar to the ones in the past? Well, one alarming aspect of this attempted occupation is the fact that Chinese troops aren't simply coming over to the Indian Territory. They have spread out, they're preparing bunkers, they're moving in heavy vehicles and they've also brought in artillery. And there are some theories about what could have triggered it. The first is India's Shayok DBO road construction. This disputed border in Ladakh is at a high altitude and harsh terrain, terrain that China has been developing since way back. These areas have scant population, but pushing infrastructure has been a high priority for China, and they have strengthened their border with military hardware. 
The PLA has also erected military camps. They've built a 96,000-kilometer-long road in Tibet, which lies right next to Ladakh. And much to China's displeasure, India started adopting a similar priority a few years back that led to some new developments. And speaking of roads, India built one of its own, the Darbuk Shiok Dalat Begoldi Road, to bolster the infrastructure. In fact, this project was completed two years after the Doklam standoff of 2017 that had lasted 73 days. Another theory is China's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Some experts say that China is currently under immense pressure for how it handled the outbreak of COVID-19 and is now increasing activities in the South China seas, escalating police action in Hong Kong and taking on US President Donald Trump. Moreover, on 18th May, India joined 62 other countries in backing a draft resolution that's also backed by the EU and Australia for a probe into the COVID-19 outbreak. Ajay Shukla, a journalist and a former officer in the Indian Army, weighs in on what other possible reasons could be that triggered this flare-up. Well, we don't know for sure whether the reason why the Chinese have come into several points in Indian territory uh, was the creation of infrastructure by India, border infrastructure, uh, far less the Darbuk, Shok, uh, Dalat Bay Goldi Road. Uh, we don't know whether that was the reason. Uh, remember, India has been active in creating infrastructure elsewhere as well, not just on the Dalat Bay Goldi Road. Uh, At the macro level, India has created several advanced landing grounds or ALGs along the border in uh, NIFA, uh, now Arunachal Pradesh. Uh, It has positioned air defense uh, batteries of Akash missiles. It has created a mountain strike core. So all of this uh, constitutes infrastructure, uh, defensive infrastructure, and not just roads. Uh, But suffice to say, China does not like the creation of this infrastructure by India. Uh, China itself has created infrastructure ahead of time. And it has a huge advantage in infrastructure, not just on the Tibet-Arunachal border, the Tibet-Sikkim border, but also in Ladakh. Uh, The Chinese have sought to freeze Indian infrastructure building uh, in agreements but India has so far resisted. It has not signed any agreement to freeze infrastructure building. So the bottom line really is uh, that the motives for the Chinese incursions are largely unclear. Uh, Going beyond infrastructure, uh, there is the possibility that uh, it could be triggered by the status of Kashmir, the change that India has done, the publication of maps late last year, statements, rash statements by Indian ministers. Uh, Alternatively, it could have been uh, an economic uh, reason. Uh, The Indians recently blocked Chinese companies from foreign direct investment uh, indirectly. Uh, It could be a strategic reason as well for India's uh, retaliation for India's support to Taiwan uh, as an observer in the World Health Organization meeting. Or it could even be a medical reason, such as India joining the anti-China COVID crusade, as it were, blaming China for the the COVID uh, outbreak. So we'll have to wait and see. China has, at some stage, got to make clear what its reasons for this incursion were. But so far, we simply don't know.
we know that the defense minister has reviewed the situation we know that the army chief is monitoring the standoff but how is india managing the situation on ground is it heading towards a standoff like doklam or will the countries use a different mechanism for a resolution back to mr shukla here well one thing is clear and that is that india has been caught by surprise by this multiple incursions uh in the indian troops uh, have been observing this build up since the third week of april but they assumed it was just part of the normal summer beef- beefing up uh, they were taken by surprise when these chinese incursions took place on multiple thrust lines into india so as a consequence the public position of uh, the indian establishment so far has been largely defensive Uh, the army has been seeking to downplay the extent of incursions the number of chinese troops which now number in multiple thousands uh they are, are sort of uh, trying to say the army has been trying to say uh, that this is part of the normal give and take on the line of actual control but that is gradually becoming evident is not the case interestingly china too has been downplaying these uh, incursions uh especially compared to the doklam incident in 2017 when the chinese media was uh, extremely rash and un un uh, temperate in the statements that it made and the public threats that it uh, put out uh, this time china uh, being more reticent in its public uh, posture could be a measure of uh, its confidence in where it has reached Uh, in terms of uh, its troops coming in and digging in and occupying good positions uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, but from the indian point of view it's probably wise to downplay the incursions uh, the government does not want to be pushed by public pressure into uh, taking a harder line stance than it would otherwise have liked to uh so the the it will light slightly to remain uh, measured the army is likely to remain defensive its positions and its reaction so far has been larger largely defensive it has just come in uh, sort of established positions close to the chinese position positions mirror deployment as it's called uh it has not tried to outflank the chinese positions or to uh, use force it's adhering to the agreements the border agreements to behave to be deescalatory when an incident uh, took place uh, what whether there's any diplomatic dialogue as yet we don't know it's simply not known so far but i assume that there would be some outreach from the indian side to beijing uh, to discuss this uh whether the mechanisms uh well, you asked about the mechanisms for resolving crisis like this well it's simple it's give and take uh you'll have to uh, sort of strike a bargain with the chinese that they are satisfied with as of now india is being quite resolute with its military presence in the border something that we've seen in the past as well in the doklam standoff and if we go by the past mechanisms employed by the countries to resolve these issues mature diplomacy had come to the rescue but will the galvan valley intrusion find a similar route or are we heading towards a bigger face off if you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the big story playlist for episodic updates we'll have on apple google podcast spotify geo7 and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms For other podcasts please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section 
For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequin.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts. 